0: Well hey, my name is Britton. If you're new to Ramp Park, welcome. It's good to see you guys. How are you? Good. You look good. Um, Hey, I got one announcement before we dive into some things this morning, and that is, um, as we've been talking about a lot lately, Uh, a lot of the life of what it means to be the family of God happens outside of this time and in this space. Like This is a lot like a a family reunion where we get together, we catch up, we share testimonies, we celebrate, we praise God together in this setting. But a a lot of the life of the church and the family of God happen in more intimate settings. And, And that may be in... Uh, more formal setting like a, a house church maybe more informal just with neighbors and friends and different relationships we have of, of being spiritual family together and I know we've been talking about that a lot and some of you are thinking okay that's great but how do I start doing that what are my next steps well tonight um, we have an orientation if you want to know what your next steps are we'll talk about what it means to be spiritual family and and walk with you and potentially saying what well, how do I step into this So it doesn't commit you to anything, it just is kind of like, hey, I want to explore more with with others on what this means. And we are going to start doing these monthly. And so if you're like, I can't make it tonight, no problem, we're going to do these monthly to walk with you in this. And so for those of you that are part of more intimate spiritual families, as you're gathering here on Sunday mornings, and and sometimes it just is like, hey, I'm connected with you and you can help people start these other spiritual families. But if you're like, "I, I want to I don't want to do that on my own. I want some help. You can just encourage one another to go to these orientations. It is a great next step for you. Cool? Questions on that? No? You good? If you do, you can shout it out now or just ask afterwards as well. Okay. Here's what I want to do to get started. Um, What I want to talk about this morning is this idea of part of what it means to be family is the power of the testimony. When you get together family, it's catching up. It's like what's going on in your life, right? Well, you could talk about, you know, the, the, the surfacey things that you did this week, which is sometimes okay. Um, but a lot of times, being part of the family of God, what we're really encouraged by is the deeper things. And so I, I want you to just take a minute, turn to someone around you. If you're comfortable with someone you don't know around you, or if you're, if you're able to do that, or turn to someone you're comfortable with next to you, just share with them what you've seen God do or say to you this week. Just turn them and share with them. What what have you seen God do or say this week to encourage each other? Go for it. Share with each other. And if you're uh, if you're alone, feel free to slide around. If you're alone, find someone else. All right, let's bring it back together. So much great talk, and I, I do hate to bring it up, break it up, but. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. You can, you can continue the conversation. I know. Sorry, Sandy. Like, we're just getting going. I, I know. You can continue the fun after our kind of formal time. We'll have coffee and cookies afterwards. You can continue testifying afterwards among food. Cool. All right, here. I'm, so I'm curious, we, we do this every so often, but when you, when you hear a testimony from someone about what God's doing, what does that do in you? What does that do for you? Strengthens you. Encourages you. Right on. Yeah, yeah, Anna. More like sisters, brothers, right? Just a deeper connection. What, just because you hear, hear what's really going on in their life, that type of, yeah, right on. Gives you hope, why? Because you hear what God's doing for one. You're like, "Whew, He can do that for me." Yeah, right on. Obviously, you needed that this morning, huh? Yeah, praise God. Um, in, in what way? Like, oh my gosh, God's doing things beyond what I can comprehend, or just seeing. Oh, right on. So through the Testament, you're realizing God gives you revelation things you didn't know before, the connection and what God's doing. and so Yeah, right on. Yeah, Seth. <laughs> right? Helps you see outside yourself. We can all use a little help in that arena, right? Yeah. Good call, bro. Anybody else? Glorifies God. Glorifies God right on. Yeah, right? When you hear what God's doing, you're like, whoa! Praise him. That's right on. And I think, I, you know, we started talking last week, I was sharing about how oftentimes God's, God uses family, the, the, the small, starts small in the sense of a family, in our case, spiritual family, to accomplish his worldwide vision. Like he starts small and as these families grow and multiply, spiritual families grow and multiply, you see that in scripture and you see it even going on today, that it grows and it multiplies and it, and it multiplies and multiplies till God's ultimate vision and goal is accomplished. That the, the knowledge of his glory fills the earth. That's what he's after. And that, praise God, one day will happen when Jesus returns. The fullness of his glory will be displayed in the, and it will fill the earth like he promises to do, which we can't wait for that day. But I, I've been reminded lately of how important it is, and oftentimes God uses the power of the testimony to see the, the, the multiplication of his work through families. I mean, even, right, it, it's, it's as we grow and are built up in families of just, when, when I connect with my own biological family, my, my, my own kids and my wife around the dinner table, uh, one of those practices that we do oftentimes is, hey, where did you see God working today? It, it's, it's to be able to testify to one, to one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up. When I get together with my spiritual family that meets in my house on Monday nights, a lot of times when we start our time, say, hey, where where do we see God working this week? And the response out of that is to give him praise. I I even did it this week. um, My house church gathered with another house church, and we did a little joint time. It's like, hey, let's hang out together and do a joint one this week. And and much of our time was simply sharing, where's God working in your group? Where's God working in your lives? And then we would share the same. And the response was encouragement, building each other up, but also then praising God. Right. I, I even try to do this. I hang out with some guys in my in my neighborhood, um, usually on a weekly basis. And we're getting together, and they're, "Britton, how how's your week?" This is the beginning of last week. They're, "Britton, how was your week?" And you know, you can kind of stay surface. You know what I'm talking about, right? You can be like, "Yeah, it was, it was all right," or, or you just you can stay up here. And I felt the Lord said, "Just go for it." All right. So I was like, well, honestly, it was a wild week. And I shared with them the testimony I shared with you guys last week of that girl's house who was demonized, went over there and prayed in that whole deal. And they were just like, wait, what? And you kind of forget what's normal to you isn't always normal to brothers and sisters. Like, hold hold on, hold on, that stuff still happens? Yes, it happens. Because God is still alive. He's powerful. He's He's more powerful than Satan. He's wanting to set people free. And it was awesome because in the testimony, it... It blew their heart up for the Lord of like, wow, God is powerful. God is working. God is active still today, right? There's power in the testimony that I think it's it's an integral part of what it means to be brothers and sisters. If we're going to continue to grow as family, and we have been, part of growing as family is saying, I've got to and we've got to actively be telling the testimony of what God's doing. Am I right? And so that's why I, I don't want it to be just a practice when we occasionally gather in this bigger setting, but just in we're meeting with people as we're gathering in homes that we are actively saying, "This is what I see God doing." And so I, I've, I've been noticing this pattern in Scripture of how the testimony it encourages the church, it, it starts the church, it builds the church, and, and it glorifies God. We see this in the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, right? Which we talk about often, but the Spirit comes, blows up the believers there, and the church is birthed. And, and right away you see Peter, who I've been spending a lot of time just looking at the life of Peter and how he uses the power of testimony to grow the church. It's Peter who stands up to give testimony to what God had said and promised. You see this in Acts chapter 2, um, verse 16. Verse 16. A bunch of the people that are onlooking they think they're drunk because they're speaking in tongues they're like what in the world is going on but Peter stands up and he's testifying to God's promises from Joel and he says this in Acts 2 verse 16 but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel he's using God's words to testify and he says in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs in the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and moon to blood before the day of the Lord Comes the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Like this was a promise of God that was spoken hundreds of years prior to this event in Acts chapter 2. And Peter gets up and testifies, guys, this is what God has promised. This is what he said he's going to do. He's doing it today in our day. And they're encouraged. They praise God. That's the response. Oh my gosh, they're praising God of what He's done, He's promised to do. We see this power of the testimony that Peter continues to do as he goes on the very next chapter in Acts chapter 3. They're going to the temple, and there's this paralyzed man at the temple gate. And the the paralyzed man, he's there all the time, right? He's begging for money. That's how he makes money. He's begging all the time. He's like, hey, got a couple bucks. I'll take a couple bucks. And Peter looks at the man. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And instantly he gets up and walks. Now, I think sometimes we read these things, and we kind of go, yeah, okay, that's cool, we, 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 look, we look over it, but can you imagine if that happened in our day, right, can you imagine like, what's a good, well, maybe the farmer's market, or just downtown, if you saw like the same person down there asking for money all the time that couldn't walk for years and years and years, and all of a sudden, one day, it's like, okay, fine, get up and walk, he gets up and walk, you think that would cause a little bit of a stir? That would be awesome, right, praying that he does it. Um. Well, that's what happens with Peter and John. All of a sudden, like, the crowds start gathering around them, and, and a buzz is stirring. And this is the response. I think it has powerful implications for us as we understand what it means of telling the testimony. Look at verse 11 of Acts chapter 3. It says, While he, that's the formerly paralyzed man. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon. No, no kidding, right? And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power and piety we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorifies his servant Jesus. And now he puts a little dig into them. He says, Whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we witness. And he says this in verse 16 And his name, that's the name of Jesus, and his name. By faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And just you know, pause there. I mean, he's making a big point. He's saying, guys, don't be fooled. It is not by our power or piety that's made this man well. It's not because we possess some power on our own or we're something special that's made this man get up and walk. It's not because we're pious. It's not because we're, we've done the right things. It's not because of our good behavior, our right, right stuff, or following all the rules. It's not because of what we have done that's made this person well. He said, it is by the name and the power of Jesus alone that's made this man well. And for me, it's like, this is subtle, but I think it's a big deal when we are telling the testimony of what God's doing. And the question is this. When we are testifying to what God's done, who's the hero of our story? Right? Oftentimes, I fall in this trap a lot. You start saying it in a way that makes you look kind of good, right? Like, Well, I mean, I, I heard the Lord, and I, I went over there, and I just laid hands on them, and I prayed for them, right? Or I... I I was bold and went out, but yeah, right. It's it's subtle, and sometimes I don't think we realize that we do it. But the question that gets me is always, who's the hero of the story? Who gets the praise and who gets the credit of the story? And and I think that's a big deal because um, God desires that He receives the glory, and He's not going to share it with anyone. And so I think sometimes when we tell the story, it could be like, listen, yeah, it's true. I went over, God spoke to me, and I went over and prayed for the person, and I was scared. I was so scared, but praise God, he gave me courage to do so. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just prayed, and God healed that person. God did this. God saved the person. God delivered them, right? Where we're telling the testimony, and we are players in the story, but we're not the main character in the story. God is. And I think it's just a little check for us of saying, okay, when I'm telling this testimony, I want to encourage you, but I don't want you to look to me as the hero. I want you to look at God as the hero. And I think it makes a big difference because if we're making ourselves the hero of the story, then there's a temptation to compare ourselves to one another. Be like, Well, I'm not like you. I don't think it's you do. I could never do that. And we set an unattainable standard by which to live by. I think about what you're saying. It gives you hope because the credit was to the Lord, not that person. Because you're not like the per- I don't know who shared with you, but you're not like the person like that. But it was like, look what God has done. Then God, why would he not do this for me like he's done for them? Because he's the hero and you know his heart. Am I right? Right? And I think that's the thing. It's, it's detrimental when we make ourselves the hero rather than the Lord the hero. I think the other thing, though, is it gives us freedom. There's this temptation to tell this testimony when we're on the other side of it. Am I right? It's like, I was struggling with this, but not anymore. I was addicted to this, but not anymore. I was doing this, but those were the old days, right? And I think when we're trying to, there's a subtle way sometimes we're trying to make ourselves look like the hero. Not that it's a bad thing to testify to the past. Do that. But sometimes I think we avoid testifying to what God's doing in the mess that we're in because of am afraid it makes us look bad. But it was what Daniel was leading us in, right, in the song. Who cares if it makes it look bad, us look bad? Because when we look bad, he looks really good. And so we can testify be like, you know what? I'm struggling with addiction. I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z. It's, I'm hard, it's hard right now. I'm in despair. I'm in darkness. But yet God, fill in the blank, right? You can testify in the midst of it, and it makes God like, wow, he is sustaining me. He is going to do this. He is found. Like, it, it, it gives us hope in the midst of the trial rather than, man. I, I don't know where God's working in the midst of the trial or in suffering because we don't always tell the testimony of that. And it's hard for me sometimes in, in that to even look around the room because I'm looking at some of you are just in the midst of grieving the loss of loved ones, right? Some of you are just in difficult spots. But when we're just telling the, the honesty of like, this sucks, I hate this, it's hard. But when we hear the testimony of God working in the midst of that, it gives faith and encouragement to us. Okay, um, whew, keep moving. Um, Look at Acts 4. This crowd gathers around Peter and John. And uh, obviously the buzz is starting. And the religious leaders are getting really ticked off. Because they're using it as an opportunity not just to testify to healing. They're using it as an opportunity to testify to the gospel. They're using it as an opportunity to testify to the resurrected Jesus. And so that's what they're doing. And the religious leaders are getting ticked. And this is their response in uh, Acts 4, starting verse 18. So they, meaning the religious leaders, called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you Rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. May that be the case for us, right? Like, we're so filled with an understanding, a revelation of what God's done, that we can't remain silent of testifying to what we have seen God do and heard God say. Verse 21, And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for they were all praising God for what had happened. And get this, for the man on whom this sign was, of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. When they were released, when Peter and John were released, what was the first thing they did? They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. They went, the first thing they did was to testify. Yes, what they, the elders and the leaders had said, but also to testify what God has done. Because their first response of the people when they heard this was to praise God. I mean, that's, that's my prayer for us, Moran, is that our first response would be to testify. We would be quick to share the testimony. We would not be stingy with the testimonies that God has given us. That we'd be quick to share those. We'd be generous to share the testimonies of what God has done. So that people can be built up, people can be encouraged, and God can be glorified. We see this pattern even, um, I think, as churches are expanded in the word, too. Like, um, I, I, I look at Peter's role. And, and Peter, he, he was a unique person in, in the life of the church. I feel like Peter often gets overlooked uh, in the early life of the church. Peter's like a, he's a, a main character in the Gospels. He's the one that's quick to speak. He's the one that walks on water. He's one of the leaders among the 12 disciples. Like, he's a big deal. But I feel like when the church gets birthed, we quickly overlook Peter, and we go right to Paul, because Paul writes a ton of the New Testament. Peter writes some of it, too. But you just see, it seems like Paul gets all the attention. And so I've been spending a lot of time looking at Peter, and I've been noticing how often Peter does use the testimony to start the church, to build up the church, and to glorify God. You, you see this in right Acts 2, which you looked at already. He's starting the church um, because of the testimony of God, but we also see this in Acts chapter 8. He is in, well, let me set this up. So Peter is an elder in the city of Jerusalem. He's a leader in the city of Jerusalem where the church is birthed. He's a shepherd. He's an overseer. He's teaching. He's making sure things don't get too crazy. But he also functioned in the, in the role of an apostle. Apostle just means sent one. He is sent forth as a representat- representative from Jerusalem to these other places. And he his trips aren't as long as Paul's. Paul's are like he goes all over the place. He's gone for years at times. Peter's trips seem to be much shorter. He spends most of his time in Jerusalem as an elder, but then he bops out here as an apostle and starts new churches and encourages those other churches. He takes what has been going on in Jerusalem, and he takes it forth to other cities to start churches and encourage them. That's what we see in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. And he says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit? For He had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they they uh, the Holy the, Jesus had promised in Acts chapter one. He said. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. He's promising it's going to start small, it's going to start in Jerusalem, but my good news, the gospel is going to go forth to the ends of the earth. And part of the way that it went forth, you see in Acts chapter 8, is that through persecution in Jerusalem, all the believers are scattered. And as they went, they simply shared the gospel, they simply loved people, they simply functioned as the body of Christ together, and the church expanded. All of a sudden now, you get word all the way out here in Samaria that people are receiving the gospel, which was a huge deal, right? It starts in this little, little place, and it just is starting to blow up, and they're going, oh my gosh, this is happening. Oh my word, the gospel is going forth. Oh my gosh, what Jesus promised is beginning to happen. Could this be that even the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people are receiving the good news? And so the, the church in Jerusalem sends forth Peter to be a representative. And he sends them forth to go and to share what they have known and received in the teaching they had in Jerusalem to this new church. Because they, they knew the gospel, they've been baptized, but they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And they're like, oh, you don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you that the Spirit of God wants to come and fill us up to be baptized with the Spirit, to empower us to be a witness, to go forth as a representative of the gospel. They lay hands on them. They're filled with the Spirit, and then they're empowered, and they go back to Jerusalem to testify what's going on. I mean, I think that's one of the things of the testimony, that what you've received you now can open people's eyes to things you had no, they had no idea about to encourage them. I mean, this is my story with the Holy Spirit. I grew up loving the Bible, loving Jesus. I didn't know that there was a Holy Spirit. I mean, I knew there was like a, a Holy Spirit, but I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And I had friends of mine that were testifying of the, 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 the baptism of the Spirit. I had friends that were testifying of the power of the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders. I'm like, how come I've never heard this before? You guys, you're a little crazy, but you're crazy for Jesus, so that's okay. Tell me more. And they pointed me to the word. And they were bringing things I'd never heard before to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray to receive the Spirit, and then started seeing signs and wonders in my life, right? It's like I, I would have never known had someone not testified to me what God was doing in, in this arena that, that they had known and experienced. And I, and I think... That, that's a huge part of encouraging one another. A huge part of encouraging the church is to take what you've received and to share it with others. But I think you see it on the, on the flip side is taking what others, what's going on with others and bringing it back. In Acts chapter 10, it, I'll summarize it for the sake of time. Peter has this vision. It's this vision of the sheep sheet coming down out of heaven with these unclean, formerly unclean animals and it was a representation of not just what they could eat and not eat anymore, but it was saying, "Hey, listen, the gospel is not just for the Jews. The gospel is for the Gentiles, too, the, the people that they would have been considered unclean. And he gives a, the Lord gives him a very specific vision where he, he sees these certain people, and they come for him, and he's to go to this person's house, and so that's what he does. He follows through on what God had revealed to him in the vision, and he ends up in a guy's house named Cornelius. And he's in Cornelius' house, and in Cornelius' house... Uh, he starts preaching the gospel. And what happens when he's preaching the gospel, boom, spirit comes down, bombs them all. They start speaking in tongues. They get baptized with water and give their lives to Jesus. That would be pretty awesome to see him, all right? And they're amazed. They're like, whoa, didn't see that one coming. And so they, 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 right, the, the Lord's working. And part of what they do then is they take the testimony of what's going on out here in this other city, and they bring it back to Jerusalem. You see this in Acts 11, verse 1 through 4. This is what it says. And now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them? But Peter began and explained to them in order. And he went and explained everything that happened. He gives them the testimony. He took what happened out, out there, and he brought it back to the church in Jerusalem, and he testified so that the people would be encouraged. And this is the response, if you drop down to verse 18. And it says, When they heard these things, they fell silent. Can you imagine that? That's their first response. For real? Like just just awe at what God had done. Like just blowing their mind where they don't have any response at first, just to go. And then this is what happens. And then they 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 glorified God saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. And I think this is the thing the Lord's continuing to invite us in is that we would be people of the testimony. That we would take what we've received and we would share with others so that they can be built up, that they can be encouraged, and that they can go forth in the gospel. And that we can take what we hear from other people and share it uh, elsewhere, too, as well, so that the church can be built up and God can be glorified. I've seen this... I've seen this lived out even in my own life lately. I was sharing with you last week about how God's continuing to tell us, listen, this is a great time that we gather here as brothers and sisters. is like an extended family reunion time, but God is calling us to continue to be family together in more intimate settings. And and I've noticed the power of when I will go visit a a house church or a little simple gathering or this spiritual family, when I will go visit, one of the things that's the most encouraging is I'll bring testimony of all the the other things I see God doing, I've heard of God doing into that group. And then I will take what I hear from there and bring it back to other groups. Or I'll bring it back to this setting as well so that we can testify and hear. oh my gosh, look what God's doing here, look what God's doing there, look what God's doing here, so that we can be encouraged and built up. As I mentioned last week too, God's not just doing this work here at Moran, but as he's starting these spiritual families, these families are growing and multiplying, maturing, and they are growing way past and beyond Moran Park. That there's people gathering in homes throughout our city that have no affiliation to Moran Park, no affiliation to any institutional or traditional church. They're simply being the church in very simple ways in their homes and growing as the family of God together, seeking to go in greater maturity. And as I mentioned last week, part of the thing that God's doing in that is... um, I've been able to be a a representative as as one to take what God's doing at Moran and testify out there what God's doing so that they know, man, God, we've learned a lot of things here what it means to be family the the hard way, unfortunately, right? To take it out and say, hey, let's help one another grow what it means to be family. That these... this these people are growing in the city where God's establishing the church in Holland. And I mentioned last week, there's three of us that have been asked to be elders of the church in Holland of simply helping support and and oversee and and love these churches of people that are meeting in homes that are not connected with an institutional church. And and part of what God's called me to step into is to continue to say, not just share what God's doing here to encourage them, but to go out and, and hear what God's doing in those groups of people to bring it back here to say, look what God's doing. What's been birthed here at Moran is not contained just to Moran. What God's doing is He's infiltrating our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and He's empowering His church to actually go be the church, not sit and get every Sunday morning. And it's been one of those things. It's like I, I feel like at times I'm squeezed or I'm a bridge into to a, two different worlds. But it, it, it's, it's awesome because it feels like I, I'm able to go see and hear what God's doing in our city and bring it back to these times together and testify, look what God's doing. Because you guys are, are, are also doing it with one another. You guys are infiltrating and in a relationship with one another. And that we're testifying to what God's doing. And I think that's a big thing in this next season here at Moran, right? As we continue to learn what it means to be, to be family with one another. And as God's establishing this work in, in the city, and as Moran is part of the work in the city, I think one of the, the biggest ways that's going to encourage us into greater maturity, into greater movement and momentum is to continue to testify. But I'll tell you what, that weight cannot just fall on me. I'm someone, I love to share what, what I'm excited about. I love it. That's why you spend much time with me, you're going to find out that I love a few things. I love food, I love my family, and I love Jesus. Re- reverse that order. No, change that. Jesus, family, food, right? Uh, um you, right? Uh. (laughs) But I think my prayer, again, for us, Moran, is that I don't care if you're hanging with people that go to Moran Park or not. I don't care if you're hanging with family that knows Jesus or not. I don't care who you're hanging with, no matter who we're with, whatever settings we're at, at school, at work, in our neighborhoods, whatever, that we would be quick to the testimony. We'd be quick to share, this is what God's doing, this is what God's doing, and, and that it would start people's journey toward the Lord. It would build up people's journey, Lord, and God would be glorified. All right, let's pray. God, this work that you're doing, Lord, is, uh, it's, it's wild, God. But I pray, God, that you, would be, you bring, bring to mind for all of us the work that you're doing in our lives, in our families, in our spiritual family, God, in our, in our neighborhoods, that we would be quick to testify not to boast in ourselves not to boast in our own works not to boast in our own efforts but that we would say, look at this Jesus. He's wild. Look at this Jesus. He's so powerful. Look at this Jesus. He's so loving. Look at this Jesus. He's so kind. Look at this Jesus. He wants to rescue and redeem and restore. Look at this Jesus. He does the miraculous. Look at this Jesus. He's unlike any other God. Look at this Jesus. He's the name above every other name. That our hearts would be captivated by God. And I pray that as we testify to you, we testify to your work, God, I pray that That word would not fall on deaf ears, but that word, that testimony, would fall on soil that is eager to receive God. God, I pray that the work in this city would go forth with great power, Lord, for the sake of your name, that people would no longer worship the gods of this age, they would no longer bow to an idol, they no longer worship the powers of this earth or demonic powers, but that every knee will bow, God, and every tongue will confess, Jesus, that you are Lord, that you, God, receive the glory. You receive the praise. You would receive the honor that you're due. God, may we be quick to testify to it. God, we thank you that the work that you're doing in Moran is not being contained to Moran Park, that it is going forth. It is going forth in our city. It's going forth in our world, God. But God, I ask that you would give us the grace to be faithful with with the, the things that you've put in front of each one of us to do and be about. For those that are having a hard time seeing you, God, would you give them eyes to see? In the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trial, where things seem just really cloudy, God, and just having a hard time seeing you, God, I ask that you would open up eyes to see your nearness, to see your faithfulness, to see your goodness. God, we didn't deserve any of it. But by your grace, you have adopted us as sons and daughters in your family. You've rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and you brought us in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of your son, Jesus. And for that, we have a testimony. So God, this week as we go forth, I ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing in our midst and doing around us the big things and the small things and give us the boldness and the courage to testify to one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.